always, gentlemen, and welcome to the Steelhawk Podcast, the first instalment of the preview show, the show which is going to talk about Steelers' uh, games for the weekend and the one that we have midweek. This week's a bit different. We don't have a Saturday game, and we just have one on the Wednesday night against the Manchester Storm. Before I get into all this, I think it's only right that I address the things that happened last Friday evening. So obviously, if you don't know, I released a episode of the normal podcast on the Wednesday, and it was just a general podcast as normal. Um, no real differences other than the fact that I had to record it stripped back with no editing equipment due to my laptop being in repair. Um, and it was out for a couple of days with no real issues. Unfortunately, uh, one of the segments got picked up by Bob Westerdale and David Sims. Now, Bob Westerdale tagged my personal uh, Twitter profile in his tweet, which was just um, a rough quote of what I'd said on the podcast. And he'd attached a clip of an interview with the Sheffield Steelers defenseman, Kevin Tanzey. Now, what this did really was sort of was to out me a little bit. And I think it's sort of time that I address my side of things. Obviously, you saw what you saw on Twitter last week. I chose to hold my tongue, which I think was the right thing to do at the time. I don't think I should let things like that ruin my evening. I was out watching the Sheffield Wednesday game. That ruined it enough. Um, I had a couple of beers while watching them. And I don't think Twitter was really the right time to, you know, go on, go onto the platform and talk about it. So I think it's sort of, I'll spend a couple of minutes now just addressing, addressing what really happened um, on my side of things. I think Bob was sort of right to call me out on it because I did, um, but I think the words they use in the journalism industry is dog biting the dog. So it means that you shouldn't really say things about other journalists. I think it did get blown out of proportion a little bit because my exact quote was, I've heard someone on Twitter say that Bob Westerdale um, sort of minced his words or twisted the words of Kevin Tanzi. Now, I, shouldn't, I probably shouldn't have um, brought that quote up, but it was something I saw on Twitter and it wasn't what I thought in general. I didn't think that Bob would twist his words. However, I was making a comparison to what people had said on Twitter because it was a part of the Twitter questions. So from my take on it, I think it was one of the things, you know, you're going to get called out of things if you're in a journalism career. But I don't think it was such a, a big thing to be called out on. I think it got blown out of proportion far too quickly. I know that David Sims sort of waded in and said things about my credibility as a journalist. However, something I've always said is, I'm not going to take things on the chin um, just like that. You know, I've passed my university degree and, you, and David does go on about my university degree saying that, you know, I should know better. However, the people that really mattered to me were the ones who taught me at university, the ones that guided me through my journalism career to, to kickstart it and to listen to their feedback and what they said about my writing. You know, for three or four years, I've had excellent reviews on my writing excellent reviews on my video editing, excellent reviews on my audio editing. Obviously, I came out with a 2-2, but that's because I didn't put enough effort in myself. But I do have the skill set required to be a journalist. Now, I think I do have to take things that are said on Twitter with a pinch of salt. I've never really had a conversation with David Sims face-to-face, -face, and neither, I, neither do I really want one. I, I don't think there's necessarily a need for it. I think I'd rather it just be left on social media 
squirrel line under it, I'd rather take credibility from. I'd rather take. Um, I'd rather take feedback from people with a vast amount of credibility in journalism. I'd, I'd rather take that on the chin. I took some from Bob Westerdale last week. However, again, I just want to draw a line under it. I don't really want to talk about you know what they said. I think some of the things that got said on social media last week weren't ne- necessary, really. I think um, you know I think I was a bit gone at. I'm only new to the field. I am 22 years old. I have to own my stuff quite a lot. And I do think what I said was wrong, but I think it also got took completely out of context. And I really appreciate the support from people who came out and said that, you know, what they were doing was wrong, which is sort of trying to incite a social media pylon. Now, it really was one-sided in support of me, which I really, really do appreciate because I've not seen anything like it before. Um, but it was um, one of them things that I just really do want to move on from. So that had to be addressed. And I do hope you enjoy the rest of the show because I've gone a bit more in depth than I usually do, which is something I took from last week as well. So anyway, guys, sorry for the um, five minute opener, but I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's get straight into the game on Sunday against the Coventry Blaze. So, the first thing I'm going to be doing, and this is going to be a recurring theme for the rest of the season, is I just want to read out the roster for the Coventry Blaze. So, it's going to be what I do at the start of every um, episode for the side that we are playing against, but I'm only going to do it once. Um, until I've reached the ten sides that we play, eight sorry, the nine other sides that we play during the season. So in net for the Coventry Blazers, starting netminder is Taron Cozen. Now, obviously, we know that Taron Cozen has played for the Cardiff Devils in the past. He, according to most, he left there due to a lack of gameplay, and he generally is a pretty good keeper. I'm led to believe as well. Um, Currently boasting an 8.87, sorry, 0.887 save percentage in the Coventry Blaze goal. He's backed up by Will Bray and Nolan Kent. However, they're yet to play a game this season. Josh Burnside, David Clements, Archie Hazeldean, Alexander Kukali, Ephraim Norish, James Shearer and Blake Thompson are the defenders for the Blaze. I'm going to go into a deep dive into the stats um, in just two minutes. And then the forwards are Mitch Cook, Cole Gunauser, J.D. Dudek, Jack Hopkins, Tyler Kirkup, Danny Cristo, obviously he played for the uh, Steelers last season for a bit, Alessio Luciani, Ian McNulty, Nathan Ripley, Hobroth and Kim Tolberg. Now, the Blaze, we saw them just the other week, and for me, they look like a um, pretty well side. Obviously, we know that Danny Stewart is a very credible coach in the Elite League. He's been around for absolutely years. Um, the current point scorer in the league for the Blaze is Alexander Kukali, who's sitting on one goal and two assists in the two games that he's played. Um, and he's, uh, he's a defenceman as well, so he obviously puts up the, uh, puts up the, puts up the points, should we say. 
Kim Tolberg is in second and Ian McNulty is in third. Now, if you remember Ian McNulty, he actually played for the Guildford Flames a few years ago. Good little player. You know, I think the Coventry Coventry Blazers certainly stacked with these sort of gritty, good little players who, although I don't think that the Blazers will be that up there this season, they've got a very, they've got a team that can certainly nick a game. And at home against the Steelers, who knows, but that'll come in a little bit. In the Cup, however, Ian McNulty is leading the point scoring with three, which takes him up to five in four so far this season. He's clearly one of their more outstanding players, really, when it comes to point scoring. Obviously, for four games in, we don't know who's going to have a brilliant season. But just based off it so far, you can see where the goals and assists might be coming from. Again, Kim Tolberg, he was in second behind Kukali. Tolberg has two points in two games, both being assists in the Cup. Now, the Blaze are obviously, they've had a mixed start to the season, really. With just the one point took in the league and the two points took in the Cup. So, what we're probably going to be up against is a side who are very, very difficult to beat. We saw it at the arena just the other day. Um, the fact they took us to overtime, you know, they looked on paper, they looked to be a lot weaker than the Steelers. But as we know in hockey, we can never really rely on how weak a team is on paper. I mean, if you just look at the Five Fires Challenge Cup semi-final game from last season as an example of that, the Steelers should have absolutely trounced the Flyers that day. But they travelled in their numbers that day and they put up a gritty performance. Now, the Blaze, I believe, are a very similar team to that. They're going to play a hard, hard style. As You know, we saw the Blake Thompson hit at the arena, although it was a poor hit. That's the sort of thing they'll want to do. They'll want to get under the skin of the bigger teams like the Steelers. And the Sky Dome, although we've had a bit of luck there in recent years, um, is always a hard place to go. I've been twice myself. I'm actually going on Sunday as well, so I'm pretty... Looking forward to going back because the pints are quite cheap. Although I, they were anyway last time I went. Obviously, we've had the cost of living crisis since, so we'll have to wait and see for that. So, as well, I think a player that I'll definitely be looking out for um, for the Blaze, and as daft as it sounds, it's the guy that played for us last season, and it's Danny Cristo. Because I think Cristo is probably more suited to smaller ice because he's not that, he's not that quick. He's got excellent hands as well. So when I saw him play for the Steelers last season, he was average, wasn't he? He started off quite well, um, but seemed to just lose that bit of pace towards the end of the season. Um, I remember him scoring the resulting sort of equalising goal against the Fireflies. Obviously, we couldn't get past them in penalty shots, but I remember him putting that away. And I'm pretty sure he hadn't scored in weeks leading up to that goal. So, him being the player that he is against the Steelers, he'll want to prove a point to us. He didn't leave us on such like a bad note, but he'll want to turn around to the Steelers and say, yeah, look what you're missing, sort of thing. Although I think we have bettered him as a player with the signings that we've brought in. I think Christo could bring something to the plate on Sunday. Now, the defender I'm most looking forward to seeing is Alexander Kukali. 
And I do apologise if I'm butchering his name here. But what excites me about him is the fact that he clearly is a point-scoring defender. He's not exactly a defensive defender. And I never really like seeing defensive defensemen, although that is their job. And I'd, I'd, I like to see an exciting defender. And one of one in particular was Callie Akrid, and that's why I was really happy when he signed for the Steelers, because he was more of a forward-playing defender with an excellent slap shot. And I reckon that's the sort of thing that maybe we might see from Kukali. So Kukali and Christo, two Ks, uh, the two players I'm definitely looking forward to seeing. Um, and obviously, as we know, Cozen might actually prove to be a bit better um, than he was at Cardiff. But we'll have to wait and see for Sunday. So in terms of Sunday, I'm going to go for a prediction of a 3-2 Steelers win. Whether that come in overtime or not, I'm not too sure. However, I think we'll take the lead quite quickly. I think we're going to be quite quick out of the blocks away for home this season. Um, the reason for that is because of how slow we were last um, last Sunday. I thought that was a bit of a um, a bit of a problem, really. How slow we started. We got conceding two in the first two minutes against the Cardiff Devils. So it'll be interesting to see how we get on against the Blaze. But I think we've got enough firepower in us to win that game. And I'm sure most people will agree with me. But as well, just a um, quick one on Sunday. I am starting the new episode of the podcast to be released on a Monday. So obviously this week I announced that there's now going to be a Friday preview show and a Monday review show, which makes way for the original Wednesday evening Steal the Book podcast, you know, big episode. I think it's better off if I just put it into two smaller episodes that are going to be a bit easier to listen to. But as well, if you do want to get involved and you want your opinion voiced, I will be sending out a either a WhatsApp number or an email address that you can send your voice notes to. And I might get one, I might get 50. But now how many, no matter how many are in, sent to me, I will work my way through every single one Probably have to. I'll probably ask you to bleep it out if you're gonna, um, if you're gonna swear in it. But I'll filter through every single one, and I'll put every single one in the show, um, just to make it fair. Although if I do get an inundated with amount of uh, voice notes, I won't be able to put every single one in. But that's my aim to put every single one that I receive into the show. And please, please get involved if you would like to, because it will be sent out on Twitter every week. The email address you can send it to. Just don't send me viruses. Um, yeah. Anyway, we'll now move on to the Manchester Storm. It's Davis with Eberle in support. Davis has got another! So yeah, is open after that little, uh, little interlude there. Let's have a quick look at the Manchester Storm. The Manchester Storm this season have surprised quite a lot, haven't they? You know, they've come out of the blocks. They're looking very, very well let's say, okay, you know, we can't give them that much credit. However, they've started excellently, haven't they? The side that they've put together seems to be really suited to the league this season. Now, if we're going to give them the full name, it's Goodwin's group Manchester Storm, isn't it? It's not just the um, just the Manchester Storm. So we'll have a look. We'll see what they're, they're about. We haven't seen them yet this season. All we've known from seasons gone past is they're pretty shit. So 
it'll be interesting, won't it, this season to see what they're actually like. So, as I did with the Coventry players, I'm just going to run through their roster quickly. So, Evan Winninger, Evan Winninger, he's a Canadian. He's obviously their starting goalie. And Alexander Oldale is the backup. Going to the defenceman, Declan Barmer, Dallas Erdar, Callum Fryer, CJ Garcia, Chase Harrison, Joe Morrow, Matt Murphy and Zach Sullivan are the defenders for the Manchester Storm. Now, obviously, three of those players we've seen proficiently in the Manchester Storm in the past few years in Declan Barmer, Dallas Erdar and Zach Sullivan. Going on to the forwards, Bobby Chamberlain, Johnny Corneal, Cam Critchlow, Santeri Harala, Andreas Hare, Tyler Heinem, Stephen Johnson, Michael Carole, Connor Lee, Mitchell Martin, Will Merchant, Samuel Tremblay and Lauren Ullett. Now, this, ladies and gentlemen, has took me by surprise just looking at who they've got so far. Um, a lot of those forwards, other than Bobby Chamberlain, Cam Critchlow, and you know what? I'm I'm not too sure about most of the others. Um, it seems like there's been a, a real overhaul of the Manchester Storm, either that or the players that they had sort of last season um, have sort of been overthrown a little bit. Um, Cam Critchlow is obviously their captain this season. Now, I believe it was Dallas Erdart before, so he's obviously had his captaincy taken off him, um, which I'm sure he won't be too happy about, but I suppose... You've got to uh, do what the coach decides, haven't you? Now, a player that is currently leading the point scoring for the Manchester Storm is Andreas Heer, who plays as a winger. He's got three goals and one assist in four games, which is actually really excellent form. Four points in four games, but the key thing is he's scored three goals. Uh, Tyler Heinem is a right winger. He's got three points in four games. And Stephen, jo Stephen Johnson has got three points in four games as well. In fact, there's a lot of players for the Manchester Storm that are currently on here. Three points. The top-scoring defenceman is Matt Murphy. Um, what I have noticed with the uh, Storm this season is they've not got many European players playing for them other than Santeri Harala, who played as um, a centre, who's Finnish. Um, it's mainly based up of, well, there's one, one Scottish player, a load of Canadian players and a couple of USA players. Um, the rest being England. So it's very clear to see that the Storm have gone for a more Canadian-American style this season, which, well, as we all know, they're usually bloody brilliant at our hockey, aren't they? So that's what we're going to be up against on Wednesday, is maybe not a Storm team of the past two a big hitters. You, we've had it in the past where they just seem like they're out to bully. Uh, the Steelers. But it seems like so far this season, the Storm are top of the league, by the way. I'm not sure that uh, I'm not sure who's aware of that, but the Storm are very much at the top of the league. They have got seven points from the opening four games and the only time, only time they've actually lost is in overtime. So, well, it says overtime or shootout on the league website. Um so they have seven points from four games, which is bloody excellent form for the Manchester Storm. Um, Steelers and Cardiff, obviously near to them, with just the Belfast Giants to have not started their elite league season yet, which I do find pretty strange. Um, but anyway, looking at the Storm in terms of how they're um, lining up, they look like they're free scoring almost. 
they got such an excellent result against Guildford um, in midweek this week it, on a on a shootout win as well. They're going to be no mugs this season. I really do think that the Seals ought to be careful on Wednesday night. Obviously, we've got a big crowd expected at the arena. Um, but that's not necessarily a positive for us, and it could favour the Storm because I think you know once the Storm do start picking up results, if they carry on the form that they have started with. I think we'll start seeing the Manchester Storm fans coming out more to uh, watch their team play um, instead of the attendances they've been at the arena for the past few years. So it's going to be an interesting affair that on their Wednesday evening. The start of our, well, second game in our Challenge Cup group after beating the Panthers 6-0 um, on Saturday. So I'm not sure about you guys, but I'm actually a bit more sceptical of this one than I was the Coventry Blaze game. I find. The Manchester Storm could be a very difficult side to play this season. From what everyone's been saying on Twitter, they're no mugs. And I, I predicted them to finish bottom of the league. I really did. I think I probably wrote them off far too early, actually, in terms of where they might finish. Just even just scouring their roster, it seems like they might not be as easy to beat as they have been in the last, well, last eight years since they joined the league in a... 2015-2016, oh, sorry, the season after 2016-2017, wasn't it? It was uh, the whole stingrays that made way for the Manchester Storm. So, it's going to be very interesting. They had the they had the season, didn't they, in 2018, where they looked like, you know, they were going to maybe even get some silverware. They finished second under Ryan Finnerty that season. And I think, you know, we've all seen, them, seen the meme of the horse through the gate, the car on the roof the cow that's like upside down somewhere and it's like a picture of the Manchester Storm in second. How did they get there? Who knows? But you never know. Looking at the roster, looking at how they picked off the season, if they can keep up this sort of form, you never know where they're going to end up at the end of the season. So I think we need to keep his wits about us on Wednesday night. And I'm going to go for... Well, I'm going to go for a loss. I, I really am. I think because we're going to have a big crowd at the arena that's just been announced today as of Friday the 6th of October, that there's over 7,000 tickets already sold for that game. So, you never know. I think we might be getting close to a 9,000 if we're lucky, um, which is obviously great for the club, but it never usually brings as much joy, uh, which is something that needs to change. And it's something I'm going to get into in just a second. So, for the Storm game, I'm going to go for a 4-2 Storm win. Um, won't be ideal. However, that's what I believe will happen. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, this is the sort of last bit that you'll hear on a Friday is what I think the Steel how I think, sorry, the Steelers are going to approach the game on Sunday and the game on Wednesday. So with the Blaze on Sunday, I think they're going to approach it very similarly to they did for the home game, which was be strong defensively. Obviously, we had a couple of breakaways against us. However, we won in overtime, which was um, really good, especially considering how we ended the game. You know, it could have knocked his confidence, not managing to knock a goal in on the five-on-three power play. Um, but 
I think we'll approach it in a similar direction of trying to sound them out defensively and then looking to just create attacks with... I've noticed so far this season um, this move that we keep doing and it seems to be frustrating a few fans. It's making the extra pass. So I saw it quite a lot on Sunday against the Cardiff Devils where it had been knocked around the offensive zone. And when you just just when you think the player's going to shoot, he all of a sudden knocks it to the side. Now, this is good because it gets the keeper moving around. You know, it might catch him off guard. But I do think sometimes making the extra pass has been ingrained in the brain a bit too much this season. And I think what might be better off is taking that shot sometimes, you know, having a look up, taking the shot. Instead of making the extra pass that probably, it looks fancy, but it's probably not going to result in a goal. Because I saw it so many times on Sunday where it was almost an obvious case of shooting, but the extra pass seemed to be at the players what they're wanting to do. Now, I don't know if this is something that Fox is wanting to introduce, but it will work. However, it won't work every time. And there was a lot of times on Sunday where you just thought, come on, just put your, put your bloody wrist through it, get it on net, try and get a goal. But instead, it just seemed a bit like they were trying to make that extra pass and maybe overplay it is the term that you'll use. I think it will work against the Blaze, this overplaying, I do. I think the Blaze defensively weren't that strong when I saw them at the arena. They got undone a couple of times. I think they should have been undone a few more. The Steelers played very well that day and were unlucky not to be a bit further ahead. Um, I think with the Blaze and their defensive setup, they are going to... Again, it's so hard to tell this early in the season what a team is going to be like. You, you've already played them once. We saw what they were like. They were a bit lucky with their goals. And that's not me making excuses for the Steelers, but they were. And it's a tough place to go, this guy, don't it? it really is. Now, it just depends how their defence turns up on the day, but I think this overplaying, overpassing will work for the Steelers. I'm sure it's probably called one over or something like that. There's a hockey term for it somewhere, which is like making that last-stitch pass sort of a good one. Now, I think it'll work if we manage to get into their zone on quite a few occasions on Sunday. But we never know, do we? And we've just got to sort of play it by ear. I just hope the Steelers approach it with more freedom as well. I know we want to be defensively solid. I know we want to go there and try and get a shutout or just be a bit more sound defensively. But maybe sometimes in a game like this, you go to a hard place, just try and play with a bit of freedom if you can. If you can get into them spaces, you can attack their zone, just try and be as outgoing as you can. Think, I am Matt Petgrave. Because he's one of the most outgoing players you'll see. And you should just say to yourself, I am Matt Petgrave, I'm going to score a goal. Something like that. And I would never be a hockey coach, by the way, as you can probably tell, because I've not got Ben on today and he's, his statistics are probably much better than mine. His knowledge of the game is probably much better than mine as well. But it is my chosen subject, as I got told on Twitter last week. And I just wanted to go there and just shout fans that we're going to play with a bit of, bit of charisma, a bit of, I don't know, oomph. We want to go and show teams that we're not scared to play against them. And I think a few times last season we certainly showed that we were. So let's just hope that something clicks on Sunday and we get the two points that are much needed for, obviously, our Grand Slam charge. 
Now, on to Wednesday, obviously, the Manchester Storm. It's at home. It's going to be in front of a big crowd. We've got a choice, really, as a club. We can either go out and try and play with a bit of freedom against a good, informed side, or we can turn up at the arena, get a bit overwhelmed with how many people are there, and let the Storm piss on us. Now, we don't really want that. We want to... We want to make our home a fortress, and it's thing, it's something that we haven't been able to do since after COVID. You know, before COVID, we seem to have the arena as a place where teams dreaded playing. So we've just got to, I don't know, as I said, play with some sort of freedom. Think, I want to be outgoing. It's only a, it's only a cup group game. We've already got six goals to our name in our goal difference. We've got two points on the board already, away from home against the Nottingham Panthers, and we've got what? So it's twice home, twice away each team. So eight games in the Challenge Cup. We can afford that little bit of freedom, and we should be able to afford to put uh, Marone in net as well to give him some game time. So it depends what Aaron Fox wants to do. I know that Fox isn't keen on giving the backup netminder game time, but we should probably take that gamble, make him feel like he's a part of the club. Um, but we never know what's going to happen because obviously we saw it a few years ago with Rockstarnovic and Barry Brust, both as bad as each other, and it didn't really work out for them. Last season we had Matt Greenfield as excellent, now, and when you've got Greenfield in net, you're probably more likely to win a game than having um, Marone in there. So it just depends isn't it, on how, how Fox is feeling. But I'd also like to see um, Brandon Whistle maybe having a bit of a run out if he's back from injury. Uh, I'd like to see as well Cameron Kelly. I'd like to see him hopefully have a run out as well. See what he's like. It's one of them. It's, it's a game for players to prove their worth. It's a game that the younger players or the ones that are probably not going to get as much game time in the season, it's a chance for them to relish the moment of game time. And I don't know if, if we're going to go hell for leather, if we're going to go watch the shit or bust. You know what I mean? We don't know if we're going to do that. But we need to decide. And obviously we need to decide quickly. So we'll leave that to Fox, but I just hope we do play with a bit of a bit of an oomph, a bit of charisma. And hopefully we'll be able to get the win as well.